Welcome back, ladies and worms, to Upon Further Review, episode 39. This week we go balls deep into Nora Ephron's tumultuously funny 1989 romantic comedy, where Harry Burns and Sally Albright take a road trip from Chicago to New York, arguing the age-old question, can men and women truly just be friends? Directed by Rob Reiner and starring Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. Does it hold up? Is it truly the best of the best? We'll be the judge of that. It's the UFR Podcast. Let's get into this. I am Noah Kinsey. With me, as always, is Jonesy. What up, motherfuckers? Sadly, Amy couldn't be on the show, but I'm really excited. We have a special guest here. We have Nicholas Wendell. What is up, man? Hello, hello. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Thanks thank you so me. much for welcome, being welcome. on the podcast. Yeah, man. It's always nice to have a new face on the podcast. Yeah, it's very cool, you know? especially for the listeners. Yeah. To see that yeah, see, to that, see new that beautiful you, you face. See face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you hear his fucking Do you face? Hear my face? Can you hear it? Yeah. Totally. It just his face just sounds so beautiful, majestic. It sounds amazing. We're also, gonna miss you though, Amy. Yeah, you we are. Drunken bitch. Yeah, she's. We're gonna have to make up for inappropriate comments. Totally. We have big <laughs> shoes to fill because it was sad to. She's me, the dirt. I don't know how many episodes you've listened to before this, but she is the dirty one. She really <laughs> is. I thought I was the dirty one. No, oh God, no pressure, guys. Amy wins. The dirty. Well, well talk. I mean, Hold it's on. one girl and two guys. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You know, she has to step up her dirty game to out. She really does. She really does. It's pretty funny. But the best part was she text messages. She's like, "I'm not gonna be able to make it this week, guys." Well, the irony too, because especially this film, which is about a guy and a girl, we have here three guys talking yeah. about a movie that's very heavily balanced between, yeah. you know, female opinion and male and opinion. Male opinion, yeah, yeah exactly. And here's gonna be, you know, kind of biased. Uh, maybe. I maybe. Don't know. maybe. 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 I mean, Noah's a self proclaimed feminist. So, <laughs> you know. This is true. And also, I was friend zoned all in high school. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I was the guy the girls would call to cry about their boyfriends. Oh, there you go. Um, saying, so you got was, Harry Met Sally a lot. Pretty much. But did you play the nice card in hopes to get into their pants? No. No. Because I'm actually a nice dude. That's not how you I get sh- into girls' <laughs> pants, bro. I hope you know that. It's not playing the nice card. You got to play the asshole. Yeah, that's the thing. Ah. I seriously thought about being the asshole, but I'm like, I can't do it. But I did the asshole for. So three months and I felt so dirty doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's awful. I got a lot of ass, but I just felt so bad. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? you go home and you feel guilty over it. Well, it's not so much feeling guilty. I'm just like, this isn't me. I don't feel, you know what I mean? Like, I think for me, if you were wanting to have sex with people and have a good time, you're going out, you party, you, you know, you're an asshole, you fuck, and then you leave, right? Like, I get that. But for me, I don't really care. Like, I want to build a connection, a friendship or whatever. You know, I want to yeah. come back to do it again, maybe, you know? You can't do that. Being no. you can't start a relationship being a dickhole. No, yeah, no. you know what I mean. Unless she expects you to be a dick all the time. Well, and then it's gonna. Wear and then I'm not gonna out. marry somebody no. that wants to be, <laughs> be an asshole to me. Okay, stop being so fucking nice. Unless you can identify the woman's a fixer upper, because then she can brag your friends. I changed him. <laughs> yeah. He was such an asshole, and now. And then you're just oh like with God. friends. You're like, yeah, yes. sure. You changed me. You yeah. play like a dick for the first wink. three years of your marriage, and then uh-huh. you become the person you've always been. And she's like. I transformed. Oh my god, I did this. I did it. And she will love you forever. That's true. It does happen. Honey, look it. I will make a deal with you. If you can actually transform whatever this is, (laughs) I need a blowjob every day. I will do that because I believe in us and I believe in love. Let me video this. <laughs> Can I get that, that on tape? Yeah, reset. No, that's that again. good that's good, honey. Take notes on how how to be a gentleman. Yeah. Well. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So that's how I got my wife. That's, that's how we're going <laughs> to. 
Um, so let's talk about When Harry Met Sally, the 1989 Rob Reiner, Nora Ephron film. The classic. So yes, just indeed. briefly, like overall, what did we think of it? Nick? What did I think of it? Uh, the first time I saw it, I was, I think, a freshman in college. And okay. so I kind of had a little bit forgotten about it. I knew a couple of the you know key scenes, obviously. Um, so for me, it was a nice refresher of, you know, just your good old love story yeah. and seeing how it kind of influenced directly or indirectly today's romantic Rom-coms. comedies. Mm-hmm. Gary? Um, on the same page, for sure. Uh, I My guilty pleasure, bro, is like, I love Nora Ephron and Nancy Meyer movies like, <laughs> yeah. like an asshole. <laughs> like, so bad, dude. I will go watch those things in theater, you know. Um, big, big fan of those things. And I love how um, it's nice to watch a film that is very dialogue-driven. Yes. And super dialogue driven. Um, you know, you you go to film school, you you hear all these things about you need to be action this, action that, do this, do things like this, and they're just like fuck that. Let's just talk. I mean, majority yeah. of this, it almost felt like a stage play. Oh, yeah. totally. Um, and it was it, the it, long it ended up and being yeah. And you know what, man? And I loved that. Um, Rob Reiner's ability to just kind of come into that type of moment and just let a scene breathe. Because I feel nowadays we don't get a lot of that. So it was very refreshing yeah. to, to just be in that moment. And me and my wife watched it yesterday. And she's never seen it before. Wow. And she loved it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So for me, it was it was really, it was good. I love this movie. So. How about you? Uh, For me, I enjoyed it. Um, This is the first time I've seen it all the way through. Yeah. I've seen bits and pieces. half chubs then, huh? Um, well, I mean, I've it's replayed on cable all the time uh, like pretty much like 24 7 somewhere i feel like it's always on cable mm-hmm. um so, but this is the first time i saw it all the way through and i mean it was good i thought what was nice about it is you could kind of this is i felt like this is where a lot of rom-coms kind of got some of their inspiration sure. and and i did appreciate that it was more of a character study right. than anything necessarily plot driven mm-hmm. um and as an audience you're just waiting for them to get together yeah. and just kind of kind of get that but well, on that note what i think is a little bit sad with today's movies is because we're so trained today's generation by all these you know romantic comedies that are based on movies like this one you kind of expect it to end that way but i wonder if people sure. who saw it back then expected the same thing that we're expecting today yeah i don't i don't know for me i felt i saw a lot of annie hall influence mm-hmm. in this and uh, even i mean yes and no. there was just kind of like there was always a little bit of friction sure. with the characters where just one little thing mm-hmm. just just wasn't connecting for them to get together right and in one of the earlier drafts of it they actually don't end up together which is very annie hall sure um but so for me i guess i would say i enjoyed it for what it was um it's on the afi's top 10 romantic comedies of all time and i don't really think i agree with that why is that i don't know it's great it's fine but for me, I'm not a huge rom com guy, so that's uh, already you, my. Yeah, you're already at a disadvantage, yeah. and I'm here. putting it out there. Yeah, like exactly. we can kind of. So discuss you don't get to it. talk for the rest of the show. Just kidding. <laughs> I, mean, I, about- I, I can. I yeah. can see where it's not like I don't feel like it's a laugh out loud funny movie. No, no it, I wasn't there are expecting a it to great be. Great moments that pay off because of how it's built. Right. Um, but I don't know if it's a film I'd watch because I want to get laughs out of it. No, no, and I wasn't really expecting that either because it was very anti Billy Crystal, even mm-hmm. though there was. He was infused in that character, yeah. mm-hmm. and I he felt brought like a lot to the not, table too. Yeah, I felt like it wasn't his usually. He brought more of his 
the the depression side of manic depression comedian to mm-hmm. it where normally he kind of has the manic you know you mm-hmm. see uh what is it the um city slickers right mm-hmm. you know that's and even like princess bride that's the billy crystal that you see the most of so it was cool to see him in a role that was very much not something that i think hollywood would necessarily just throw him in right, right. because for sure he looked much older than what his character yep. implied for him to be Especially um, in the first few scenes. <laughs> yeah. I was actually watching that part, and I was just like, eh, they aged him pretty decently. I yeah. it, was, it was okay. I didn't care. You know, to be honest yeah, with you, I just matter. didn't. I didn't it's matter. like they didn't look better matter. as they get older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, I don't know if I would say it's still one of the greatest of all time, but I can appreciate it. You got to see. Here's the thing, man. Like, in all honesty, when you say the greatest of all time, you got to look at a film and you got to say, well, what did it do for its time, and what does right. it do consistently? Oh, and totally. Look at all the films, like all the movies that we've seen thus far have influenced the future of cinema. Every film that we've seen so far on this fucking list, right? When Harry Met Sally very much set the tone for like the Nancy Meyer genre of film, uh, the see, James L. Brooks back, genre style yeah. of you know romantic I still comedies go back to and Annie things Hall, like that. Though, like I really in sure. this movie, I'm like, man, this wouldn't have made, been made without Annie Hall, and I feel like Annie Hall's the one that really catapulted this as opposed to this. Potentially, one. It's funny sure. you mention this because I remember reading some reviews about it online of people saying how critics were. Um, comparing it to like a comedic take on a Woody Allen kind of movie, which right. really has what it feels that like. feel. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, I mean, is it because is it because of uh, it's a talkie more than anything else? Well, it's or the is dynamic it... of those two characters yes. that keep finding each other, mm-hmm. but just don't quite connect where like you're expecting in other traditional movies it's like oh they're gonna realize they're really in love and it's like oh but there's just like ego or there's something or denial where they're not totally together I mean it just it for me it felt like kind of followed the same path and the New York setting too obviously yeah Yeah, New York York with New York being the background but there was a lot of really cool filmmaking moments in this and we can now kind of (laughs) jump into it where I felt like this is one of this and Princess Bride are probably my favorite filmmaker Rob Reiner, Reiner films. films because some of his movies that don't do Even very more well. Than Stand by Me or Misery. Stand by Me is great. Misery is great. Those I feel like that's his like golden age mm. where yes, it's like he has kind of like we talked about last time with Kubrick. <laughs> there's purpose to like compositions and there's purpose. Yeah, to there's all a this lot stuff. of attention. Although what's really nice about this particular film is that it's very masked. Yeah. Like oh it, totally super like, underscored. I mean you you watch you know from last week you watch Kubrick and like you understand like the cinema the film language is very deliberate you know it's oh, very the intentional cin- cinematography is balls are right in your face right it? it's like dangling in front of you it's dripping it's like, wet can you, can you, you know move it? Can where you... this particular thing, <laughs> wash him at least right and I felt this particular film was you have the cinema that's there right this is the film language but at the same time you're letting the characters live in the scene oh, without right. letting the cinematography pull you out of it uh-huh. you right. get what I'm saying yeah. which was intentional too yeah i listened totally. to his commentary and it, i thought it was interesting too which what you were saying earlier makes it feel more like a play mm-hmm. is because it, it, they let the actors kind of guide the camera in a way versus having us be distracted by what the camera is doing right yeah. there wasn't a lot of push-ins there wasn't no. a lot of you know dollies there wasn't a lot of one takes yeah a lot a lot of and i love the you know the two shots the, the, the bigger the biggest cinematic thing that he did consistently throughout this film is put them on separate sides of each other and always putting something in the middle 
middle to split them apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether yep. it was at a diner scene or there was that wonderful moment that he did in the museum when they actually, you know, when she told him that she was actually going on a date so she can't go to the movie. We were we thought that they were going to get they were getting close and they was yep. doing it right. And then all of a sudden she crosses camera over to the other side and you get this really quick wide shot of the two of them with the pillars separating yep. them for the first time in like 30 minutes of this mm. movie, you know, automatically, you know, showing them. And I think like he did it so subtly and so well that you don't pay attention to it, but you feel it at the same time. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. And I thought it was interesting that they put when they were talking outside, they put them in these gorgeous, beautiful, warm environments. Right. But yet their characters, there was still that like wall. Yeah. That wall in between them that they just weren't together. Well, and it's and like between oh. them and also from everything else around them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're so they're caught in up a bubble. in it. Yeah. And, and their, it's like they didn't realize in they're in a bubble. bubble. Yeah. 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 Well, it was no nice, idea. too, because a lot of the wide shots, they, they kind of dwarfed them in a bigger mm-hmm. city. You well, know what I, mean, I mean, look at Billy Crystal's apartment. Escape, look know? at the apartment. Yeah, the apartment has the Empire State Building right. in there. So that's like either beautiful or makes you feel so small. Yep. And it's like his character chose to feel so small. Well, especially that wide shot he's throwing the cards in the thing. Yeah. Or one of the carpet. Yeah. But it's like, look at your view. That, yeah. How expensive would that be now? <laughs> That's right. staggeringly expensive. But it's like... Shit, it's expensive back then. But I just thought it was really interesting and a really great choice to have them in this such this big, wonderful world with wonderful locations. And it's like they are just so... They have these blinders on to right. themselves and to everything else. And they mm-hmm. don't even realize where they are. Well, it's almost yeah. like a metaphor for, I think, life or love as well because they're, they're just, in such a big city and, and yet and they then, keep running into each other all the yeah. time. Yeah, and they're in their little box, yeah. you know? Makes little sense. box that keeps fitting into each other. Uh, right. It's like yep. it's almost too perfect. Oops. <laughs> hit the mic, sorry. <laughs> you just get so, here. You get so excited. I got so excited. Guys, I got so excited. Uh, but I thought that was cool. I yeah. thought it's really interesting, and I mean, it makes made me sad watching it because some of Rob Reiner's later films, I'm like, oh, he didn't give a shit. <laughs> he's just directing these, and it's and now he's acting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's started acting, acting, and acting now again. he's back into it. And even he's the one who says 10 seconds till New Year's." Yep, that was his voice, uh, and his mom's the one saying, "I'll have what she's having." <laughs> yeah, I thought that Classic. was pretty funny too. Which was Billy Crystal's um, uh, suggestion. Yeah, the yeah. ad lib on the back end. Yeah, and actually, the whole the entire scene from what I read is um, was also somewhat improvised. Yeah, um, Meg Ryan was the one yep. who suggested doing that. Yeah, well, the even funnier part about that, I most one of the most iconic scenes, obviously, absolutely, you yeah. know, in cinema history. So then you, but have... does it fit her character? I would that to me. I mean, well, I feel like the whole movie is a pissing contest between the two of them. Yeah, and so I, I feel agree. like this is her turn of just like showing him, hey, I have balls too, in a way. Mm-hmm. I yeah, agree. I guess I just felt like I never saw it before that. Well, I mean, even even moreover, in the very op- like in the opening, the first diner that they stop at, she yells out like, "I have really great sex," yes. you know, like uh, it almost like foreshadows exactly. Yeah. That's you true. know what I mean? Like right away, you establish that like if he, the thing that I love about Billy Crystal's character is that he knows how to push her buttons yes. so fucking well to get a response from her when she is her armor is up so high. Well, I was you know surprised. I mean? I'm like, oh, they did negging way back in the eighties. Because that whole first scene was him negging her the whole time. Right, exactly. You know, I'm like, oh, that's... <laughs> well, here's a girl that's that... That's thing that, that was way she, back in the day. And, you know, you got But girl. that's how he got women. Right. You know, negging yeah. is something where you find uh, insecurity with, like, a girl that you view as dumb or you view as, like, easy or whatever and mm-hmm. or easy to manipulate. And then you just say something that you know they're going to, because of what you said, they're going to try and prove you wrong and you yeah. get what you want. But well, I think you get he, what you want. And because he never got what he wanted from her, that's why he kept going after her. Right. 
Right. Well, it I was don't know. I don't know if I agree with you guys. I think for mm. me, Billy Crystal's character in the opening was that he sees a girl that wants to relax, and he's very laid back. You know what I mean? Very somebody that is just like, eh, you know, just go with the flow with everything. And he's literally just asking her questions. I don't think there was much intention. I mm. disagree completely. No, she looked pretty stuck up at the beginning. I totally. Think. And he I don't know. Is, is almost trying to find a way to loosen her up to then have fun with her. Yeah. Right. I I think I think his character arc was pretty awesome in this film Mm -hmm. i think he matured quite a bit and i think at the very beginning he was he was thinking we're on this long road trip together i'm gonna see if i can sleep with her well and also she kind of i think sets the tone right from the get-go because she uh, she honks Honks the the horn horn. when he's kissing her friend right and i think that right from the get-go is like okay she is not going to be an easy one to deal with from that point on yeah but i just i don't feel that for that opening that that opening sequence he he wants to sleep with her. You know, maybe, yeah, she's attractive, that type of thing. But, you know, I think for him, he's really just trying to get to know who she is. And she's just so closed off, mm. you know. And then it's over time, you know. And I think because she's so ballsy in the way that she, you know, she is, yep. you know. And he's falling in love with her, of course. Like, you get to see that he's, pick, you know, pushing those buttons or whatever. And he's like, you're a pretty attractive lady. Like, and that's a very interesting thing because, like, me, I'm married, you know. And I'll, you know, I'll tell a girl, like, God damn, you look good, you know. But it's not because because I want to be in you, you know, it's just because I'm telling you that. And it's a very interesting thing because in my mind, he's probably told her that she's really pretty, mm-hmm. um, not with anything behind it, any intention. And then when she calls it out, he basically comes at her with just like, well, fine. Well, then what if, what if then, if that was the intention, what would you do then? Cause he already knows the answer, but her guard maybe is that because she knows, well, I feel like at the beginning she's kind of un- uncomfortable about it because she knows he's dating her friend. Yeah, sure. So yeah. I feel like I wonder how she would have reacted if he would have been single. Would she have been more easy to, you know? Probably not. I no? doubt it. I don't. I don't think so. With really how she don't. orders food, I think she'd still be the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you put your pants down here, and then you'd go yeah. to the bed this way, and I like what I like. Yeah, <laughs> which was really nice though, because you know the the men that she picked, right? Mm-hmm. Like she picked her men the same way that she ordered her food in yes. some weird way. You know, she, they, they needed to be like this, and they needed to be right here like that. And they need to be, you know, that type of thing, because she knew that it was going to be better. And the irony within that is the man that was right in front of her, she didn't do any of that with really, mm-hmm. and that was the best choice for her. Yep. You know what I mean? Which I fucking love. And that's, you know, maybe that's something that Nora Ephron and fucking um, Rob, Rob Reiner. Reiner, thank you, Rob Reiner, you know, created. Or maybe it's just something that just happened over, you know, the drafts or whatever. Well, it sounds like know? they did a lot of research to all the interviews that kind of, you know, break up all these scenes. Yeah, in the those film. were real couples, yeah. but act, obviously actors were. Yeah, some of them were. So I think between that and also between, you know, Nora's own experiences and, of course, Rob mm. Reiner's own experience, right. you know, having, I think he had just been divorced yep. when the movie started. Yep. This, and he actually fell in love and I think got married right after uh-huh. the film. He did. Aww. He met his um, wife when, while they were filming yeah. this. Adorable. But yeah, yeah, as they're writing it, Rob Reiner's character, it, I mean, Rob Reiner. Billy Crystal's character is based mm-hmm. off of Rob Reiner, Reiner yeah. and Nora Ephron's is ba- is like Sar- or Sally. It's is based so off weird of Nora. if you yeah. like you're literally watching Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron yeah. fall in love with each other in some weird way. The way Sally orders her food apparently is the way Nora yep. Ephron orders her food. And Nora's the one that said, "I like it how I like it," and then that's what they <laughs> added in the film. Well, too, not even you know, even if we're taking it into that context, you know, the the whole orgasm scene, mm-hmm. that whole thing was stemmed from. Uh, they were sitting there for weeks just sharing, you know, guys' point of view you know Nora she comes from a a um, reporter background so she's basically jotting all this information down and Rob Reiner just flips the script and says like well tell me something about women that you don't think we know right and she says 
well, women fake orgasms. And he goes, not with me. <laughs> you know? And she goes, oh, really? And so basically they get into this thing. And he was so like, no, no, not with me. No, no, no. It's just like at one point or another, there's been a woman that you probably been oh, with. Oh, poor Rob. That, that has <laughs> fake an orgasm. So <laughs> like, no, not with me. He's just. My life has been a lie. He yeah, still exactly. is every Saturday in night in the fetal position in his closet. Not with me. Yeah. <laughs> not with me. It was me. real. It was not real. It was real. It was real. It was real. He wakes up in a cold sweat and he looks over his wife is like, have you ever done this? <laughs> he wakes up, honey, 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 what? You would tell me, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would. Yeah, sure, yes, sure. for fuck's sake, Whatever. can I go to bed? Um, but you, the funny... you never have with me, right? She does it right there with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Rob, you are the best lover ever. Can I please go to sleep? Yeah, she's just like, yeah, I am, am I? Yeah, <laughs> covers himself back up. Uh, well, the funnier part was is he was the so clitoris distraught. is real, right? Yes, honey, that is a myth. We women make up, whatever. Let me go to bed. <laughs> it's oh, thank for, God, it's just for looks. We just say we're going to make you go back to sleep. <laughs> it's purely cosmetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an appendix on women. We yeah, don't even we use don't, it. We, we don't, don't even need it. Don't worry, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an animal. You're a beast. Yeah, most people can't even find it. Honey. <laughs> You're okay. That's I've why had, it's a myth. I've, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like a unicorn, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like one, too. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just as real as a Loch Ness monster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, the funnier part within that was that he, he was so distraught by, by this statement, he ran outside of his office and just like, do, how many of you women have had, you know, do you women have fake orgasms? <laughs> and they did, yeah. And he was just like, what the fuck? He was so uh, so taken funny. back, you know. They were basically joking that like if this would have happened today, there would have been a sexual, <laughs> there would have been a harassment lawsuit like that, you know. Um, but they basically did like a secret fucking, um, uh, you know, focus survey? group mm-hmm. service, you know, survey test or whatever, and came back like, wow. yep, 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 yep. And, like ninety percent of the office women have like faked an orgasm. So they're just like, well, there it is. So they should do that survey for men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be one. <laughs> His name's I'm just kidding. This is, no, this, it'd be this guy. Yeah, if you know. Uh, True story. Yeah. True story. We had that conversation before. I'm curious. Yeah, did, did you channel your inner Meg Ryan and you know give yourself the performance of a lifetime? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> so what you do basically, especially if like you're wearing a condom, you just make like the normal like primal grunting sounds that they're accustomed to. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. You snort. I don't know. They don't know and just dispose of the evidence really quickly so right, they can't tell see. otherwise. Don't see. Yeah, <laughs> just be like, you know, you don't like this part. She's like, but I like it when you put it all over me. <laughs> That's when you get the hand soap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it smells so good. <laughs> right. What did wow. you eat the night before? You pineapple. <laughs> pineapple. Honey, you had a lot of coconut. Yes, you I did. You get the pineapple soap. There you go. Mystery yeah. solved. Yeah, yeah. Put some salt in it. And My husband good. really loves pineapple soap. I don't understand why. <laughs> but I refuse to believe that I'm the only guy who's ever done that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean... I don't know. You might be the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just finish. I mean, then you ask yourself the question, mm. though. Is the faking a reason to just leave? Mm. Or is it because you want to get some sleep? Like, are you trying to... I think it varies. Okay. You know? I, sure, I think it varies. <laughs> You're, like, looking at me. <laughs> yeah, my, I just... Yeah. I just wanted it to be over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it usually doesn't have a good background because that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I, I think yeah, I wouldn't you... want to do it, you know, as a way to say, I'm just thinking about you. Yeah. Right. 
No, it was it was um, at a time where I wasn't happy in my situation mm-hmm. and wanted it to end. But now I'm divorced and it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> never have to fake an orgasm yeah. ever again. Yeah. Nope. Uh-huh. Never. Did you did you watch Meg Ryan's or no, fake orgasm? That's that would be not very convincing because that's not. I mean, do you sound woman. like that when you do gonna, it? Yeah. Because I, I don't. I do, and I look that good too. That's the sadder part. Run your hand through your hair and everything. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, I just made it sound like I was uh, a dying wildebeest, uh, like doing three hundred pounds in squats. Oh, nice. So it was super, like, powerful, and you know, it's a nice pat on the back of people. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm just like literally sitting here thinking. Think about it. Just you are Gary. You are like you visualize this. Visualize me faking it, Gary. Do it. Part is that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Do it. And I don't know. You know my voice. (laughs) It's it's the whole new when Gary met Noah. Exactly. Exactly. But but now but now he's not gonna be able to work out with me. He's like, oh, I can't. I can't unhear this. I'm gonna hear you. I'm gonna hear you squat, and I'm gonna be like, or he's gonna hear you grunt. He's gonna be like, oh God, no. Yeah. Is this real or fake? It's either that or I'm gonna get hard. And I'm just like, fuck. All he's right, well, he's going to be like, now. that would make me feel good to hear that. <laughs> like, at least I know what it was I when I jerked I wouldn't off. ask for confirmation. That, that yeah. would make me feel good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only time I'd actually have fun faking an orgasm would be in a hotel just to piss off the neighboring room. Uh, wouldn't that be fun? I don't know, man. Why don't you just finish in the hotel room just well, against the wall? <laughs> like, that would make yeah. him super mad. Do it in, you know, those the, the doors that connect to different rooms? Yeah. Just do it in the keyhole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a... Oh, my hand! No! <laughs> That's pretty funny. Make sure you pay with cash when you're in the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Usually <laughs> you're paying by the hour at those hotels. Just saying. Exactly. Um, yeah, no enough. So yeah. <laughs> that went off in a thing, but let's go back to the different interviews that we talked about. Mm-hmm. What did we think about that in this film? Did we like this plot or like kind of this the filmmaking device? That it was they almost. Used? I think to me, it was almost like uh, like book chapters, mm-hmm. right? Like right. Uh, each moment set up a different section of the story that they're kind of just going to talk about. And instead of doing it with you know supers on the screen, they did it with an interview. You and know? I also feel like it, it was a nice motif throughout the film, which it kind of reminded us of, you know, how couples fall in love. And this is how they met. And this is how mm-hmm. they found each other. And when you take a step back and you look at the entire How Harry Met Sally, you realize that the whole movie is their story that they end up telling at the very end. Yeah. Right. So you can almost imagine that the whole end. film was them telling this to the camera. Totally. And it's I, a good bookend. Yeah. You know? But I did like how varied the story of how they came together, how these different couples came together. And it's like, we didn't see each other for 35 years or whatever. And you just find each yeah. other. And I thought that was a great theme to kind of keep hitting mm-hmm. where it's like everyone has their own unique story. This story is really interesting, but it's is it unique. really that you? Is it really that um, unlikely? Because listen to all these real stories of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily. I mean, everybody has a different story. There's not just mm-hmm. one. And I think what's nice about this, and why I'm like, and that's why this is on the list, is because it's not your typical rom com where it's like, you know, this the this these two people are amazing for each other, and then oh one thing happens that forces them apart and eventually they realize they're better together. Mm. Right. And it's like, that's not what this movie is. Right. Ironically, like, it is at the same time, but not... But in, over 10 the, years. Over 10, yeah. yeah. But right. there was Which nothing... Like 12 or something, 12, yeah. yeah, whatever But there was is, no, yeah. like, Fine. external incident <laughs> or, like, inciting incident that pushed them apart. It was just life. And it was mm-hmm. just them not seeing the forest for the trees, like, not uh-huh. realizing they should give it a chance. They were constantly like, oh, no. 
based on one encounter at the right. very beginning right. that kept them apart for what 10 15 years yeah 12 12, 12. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> so and i thought that that was it was really interesting and it was nice to see what we don't really see in rom-coms mm-hmm. now right. which is like man you know yeah i mean the general format of rom-com is boy meets girl right. boy falls in love mm. boy loses girl yep Boy gets girl runs after back. her. Boy realizes her. Yeah. he's yeah. better with her. Yeah. Although I gotta say, a lot of the banter in When Harry Met Sally reminded me of um, like Friends with Benefits or No Strings Attached. Uh-huh. Sure, like those are the first that kind of jumped to mind because I'm like a lot of the back and forth between JT and Mila Kunis, you know, was very similar to how they talk back to each other. Right. Yeah. I agree. I mean, the uh, just Nora Ephron has such a way with creating beautiful dialogue that feels so natural. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get people like Billy Crystal and, you know, Meg, Meg Ryan, Ryan that just they understand the material so well. Um for me, I did like those long conversation scenes, you know what I mean? It was like a rom-com version of a Tarantino movie <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in some way, and I loved every bit of that conversation. I felt so engaged. And I think what they did extremely well for um, for the story was that they took moments out of every, like a lot of people's relationships. No matter who you are, you will watch a movie like that and be like, you're either, you know, Carrie Fisher's type yeah. of scenario, oh, you're either hilarious. his writing friend scenario, you're either, you know, or you've been in that scenario with the same way Harry and Sally both have, you mm-hmm. know? And it's really nice to to because you get attached to some sort of story because that's how love works, you know. Yeah. Love yeah. just kind of happens, and you don't know how it happens, and it just kind of exists right. in a moment. And it's them pulling away all the bullshit to find whatever whatever's real there, yeah. you know. But I and I love the I love all their character flaws, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Meg Ryan's character flaw is beautiful, you know. She's uh, and that breakdown that she has after she finds oh out my God, that her priceless. her old boyfriend actually got married, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And I was just like, dude, that is so good, you know. And that's <laughs> such an interesting like uh, emotion that she has, right? It's a balance of, you know, just being so sad about it, but also I, f- I couldn't help but sense a feel of relief because right before that is the um, like charades kind of a game uh-huh. where you can kind of see her looking at him with his new girlfriend and she's uh-huh. kind of upset about her current boyfriend. Right. And then the scene right after, I think, is you know, when she's super upset about finding out that he's gotten married. Right. And, uh, and I almost feel like it was a way for her to almost kind of be relieved that she maybe now has a chance to go after Right. Crystal's character. Mm-hmm. And I also thought it was a beautiful moment because um, you almost expected with how she was and how Billy Crystal has been, I'd say, tough love critical of her mm. and kind of pointing out her neuroses and her being very particular. You almost, it was a beautiful moment because part of you is like, oh, he's going to kind of be like, you know, this is, I mean, this basically he's reinforcing or this kind of made her like, oh, maybe Billy Crystal's right because of all mm-hmm. this shit. And he comes and he's so supportive of her and right. so, like, compassionate. And it's like, instead of her saying all the shit that Harry has been saying, now here Harry is saying something so supportive and loving, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think that's, honestly, when I was watching that, I'm like, oh, with her breakdown, it's like his little nitpicking stuff, yep. she actually, that went in her so... Part of the insecurity is in her denial once this guy is married and everything like that. Mm-hmm. All that shit bubbles to the surface. And right. she's probably hearing Harry's former voice saying all this <laughs> stuff. And then to hear his same voice come in and just be so... It's yeah, it was like, like a long, interesting... Like, almost like a long beautiful. sorry. Yeah. 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 It was beautiful. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, yeah, you... And to me, it was like he was saying, you know, sure, 
nobody's perfect, but you know, that's you still are worth it. Well, I feel like that scene was like almost like a clear 180 for both characters 100%. because after that, she suddenly has more of an upper hand and she kind of almost becomes his character from that point on. And he kind of yeah. becomes her character where he suddenly questions himself and becomes more shy. And she suddenly has more of this like upper hand dominant yeah. side to her. Right. And all of a sudden, now towards the end of the movie, he's the one heavily pursuing her and mm-hmm. she's having none of it. That's right. a good point. I didn't mm-hmm. think about that. Yeah, it's in it, it's an interesting juxtaposition between that moment, and it's really for me what I love, love, love about that scene is that you have a a moment between two characters that, um, they they fall in love very deeply, like they're basically telling them each other without ever saying mm-hmm. that they love each other. You know, he's he's comforting her, and she's just like, you know, I'm way too this and I'm way too that, and he's like in a good way, you know, in a in a this way and a that way, and all the things that he loves about her out of you know within that automatically you know and i love that you have like what you guys are saying that moment between the two of them that you can literally see that this is this is their their for sure the moment moment. this is the the true everything's built up to this particular space and what's really funny now that i think of it too i feel like the carrie fisher and uh the jesse character um bob I feel like the two of them are almost like what the audience feels like when they watch the movie because we know so much about Billy's character and about Meg's character that they don't know about each other, mm-hmm. you know, up until this point. Right. That we feel like them when we finally see them come together. It's like they're finally doing it. They're like, yeah, finally. Yeah, totally. That, because we that know how scene. good they are for each other. Right. We right. know it because we see how they talk about the same things. They have the same insecurities. Right. Away from each other. Right. Yeah, and I agree. Why do you think what what for me, what do you guys feel was the reason that they didn't it, why did they pull apart so fast after that moment happened? What do you think they were so afraid of? When they kiss? Or the, when they had sex. Mm. When they finally actually had sex. Because I think it became real. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I think that was that that scene before they had sex was there was no there was there were no walls. Mm-hmm. There was no game. There was no like fake persona. There was no Nothing. There was yeah. nothing keeping them apart, and they actually were together. And I think the reality of like how naturally it was together probably yep. freaked them the hell out. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, I think also because then they're vulnerable, from... and Billy Crystal doesn't like to be vulnerable. He's exactly. already feeling low, which is really... probably that's a really good point. Because me and my wife, when we were watching this thing, what the beautiful thing between what Sally allows Harry to do mm. is he doesn't have to be anything other than who he is. Right. Because she, yeah. right? she doesn't. Yeah, and she doesn't let him do that. Right. right. She calls him out on those little yep. things that he does, and she calls her out on the little things that she does, which is beautiful. Right. So. It's funny because you think, right? That's probably the reason why him and his wife got a divorce. Right, right. Yeah. I don't right think out he of the knows gate. how to hang on to a his relationship. Friend said, his friend said something really interesting. This is something that my wife feel very strongly about is that usually the cheating is a symptom mm. of something oh, that's yeah. deeper that's happening within a relationship. And the funny part is, is he's he's not willing to dig to figure out what he did wrong. It was all her fault, you know? Um, and the more and more we, we get into that, that scenario we understand by the there's the moment where he sees his wife in the fucking you know in the store or <laughs> yeah. whatever you know and i think that's when the wheels started turning right you know maybe i mean this is kind of was my fault you know yep. which is nice though yeah i found that pretty interesting yeah it's you know? a it's a really cool character moment for him because the growth that he has his his arc from yeah. the beginning all the way through the end I'm just like fuck yeah man that's wonderful you know he has to he has to take responsibility I mean he it's articulated very well through through visuals with mm-hmm. how he reads a book 
Right. Right. He likes to read the first couple of pages. He even does it in one of the scenes too. He does it in multiple scenes. Yeah. Actually, it's actually really funny. Read to end. So in case he dies, he knew how it ended. Yeah. Which right, is the, the weirdest justification. <laughs> Why would you give a shit how it ended if you fucking died? There's there's right. there's <laughs> more to that sense. moment though. There's more no to loose that. Ends. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's more to that. It's that he doesn't want to do the work to get to the to get to the finished right. result. That's yes, what it's very articulate. Exactly. He just good wants point. to get to the good part. You know what I mean? He wants to yeah. get to the the end, if you will, right? Like the marriage, the happiness, in, and all out. that stuff. Yeah. The irony is that the one woman that he doesn't just jump to automatically is Sally. So then right. this relationship would last forever. You know, well, or he for a really he doesn't long just time, jump to. You know? he tries to, and she doesn't. And she let doesn't him. let him. Exactly. Yeah. And that's my point. So this is the one woman that didn't allow him to do that and he's also trying to be somebody that he thinks women want right and it's women don't want that shit you know um which works really well with meg who's you know sally if you will <laughs> 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 um that won't let him do that right. you know i mean she she knows what she's looking for and she's looking for something real he's not you know what i mean he no, thought he, he doing was bits yeah he thought he was and then all of a sudden you know he well, loses he can only be that. real for such a long time yeah you know People of his Which character. is an insecurity. Mm-hmm. Totally. Completely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, that, that could also be part of the whole fear after the sex. It's like, this happened and we were both being really real. And it's, I feel like on a human level, it's it's easy to even be like, what is wrong with me that I can't find love? Right. You know, mm-hmm. you just assume, and I've been there. I mean, that's kind of like one of my insecurities. And I mm-hmm. feel like I'm not alone in that. Where it's like, <laughs> what is wrong with me where I can't find love? And I think there's... You'd think it would be reassuring to someone say, there's nothing wrong with you. You're amazing how you are. Or you could be a complete asshole and your friends are lying to you. Yeah. but Like like the coffee table. Sure. (laughs) I was being nice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, right? But like to my point with that, I think it can also be more terrifying if someone says like, there's nothing wrong with you. Then it's like, well, damn it. Well, if I, you know, completely immerse myself in something and there's nothing wrong with it and they still leave shit like that's I, that's almost like extra vulnerable right. yeah you know so that can be a little bit scary so i feel like that might have been part of he let himself open to her and they had sex and he's like damn it you know i well i mean i have nothing to blame this on if it doesn't work out so right. i need to just well, bounce she, she right calls away him out on it too because then she starts questioning if it was just out of pity yeah which yeah. is her other fear you know is did we just do this because you felt bad for me which is very sex? valid and she stated you know very early on in the movie she, she just doesn't have sex just to have right. sex she has sex with with purpose you know but do you really think after that do you really think with how happy and glowy she was do you really think she thought that was the moment they were together or do you think she felt at the time like i was comforted because i I I didn't i think she must have felt judging from where it is in the film we've seen her go through at least three or four guys at this point without the ones that we may not have seen between all the chapter breaks what are you trying to say about sally bro no no (laughs) She's not a whore. No, what that's I'm what trying, I thought. What I'm trying to say good. is that she probably feels like she's she's been with so many guys that she realized that the only one it really feels good with or she feels comfortable with is yeah. Harry. Yeah, I mean, I, she's, I mean, he's the one that she calls him up. Right. Like she's the first one that calls him up yep. when this moment happens. It wasn't her girlfriend. It yep. wasn't her. You know, her. It was him at the same time. Right. You know, she wanted to have him be the one that comforts her. I feel in that moment though that she most definitely thought this was the beginning mm. you know interesting i think she did i really truly which, think she which did. makes it make more sense when she's re- refusing to take his calls and things like that because it's like 
I open myself up to you right. and you're no different exactly. than these other guys. Yeah, like, fuck you. Point. Exactly. That, that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. You know, the moment she's like, do you, and the way she asks, right? She says, do you want to, you want to go to sleep again? You know, mm-hmm. you want to go to sleep or do you want to, you know, do you want to do this again? And he's Pretty just, much. Like, terrified in the Yeah. Bed. And he's just like, okay. Yeah, sleep is fine, you know. <laughs> sleep is good, you know, and she turned... I am so asleep right now. This is comfortable. <laughs> and then she just turned into... Who's faking it now? <laughs> <laughs> right, and then she turns into the same women that she hears about all yes. the time. You yeah. know, she thought she'd probably be something different. And then that and probably... And that look in her face oh, dude, when he stands over the bed, and she's like, almost like, you're not doing this to me, are you? you know? Now he is. Like, you can just read it in her eyes, <laughs> yeah. and she's terrified. And, you know, when he says, dinner tonight, and she's like, okay. And you can just see that she's like, please don't be don't like go. this. Don't with go. Don't go. Right. Yeah. 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 She was making that face like, mm-hmm. don't. Damn. Just yeah, totally. Don't and then the, one of my favorite scenes right after this one is with the uh, split screen with the four way phone call. Oh, yeah. Which, oh, my God. Which took 60 takes. That is insane. Doesn't but surprise the, me. But the way they did it was like, just yeah. three sets next to each Whatever other. Whatever it took to get very that Annie scene. Hall, by the way. Very Annie. That yes. scene is very Annie Hall, just like uh, the them and the therapist yeah. Um, yeah. moment. You know yeah. what I mean? It worked extremely well, I felt. Such a good scene. So good. And again, I, the humor, I think, comes also from how Carrie Fisher and her boyfriend's or husband's character kind of react to what they're what telling them. What's going on, yeah. Which is, I mean, when they're both like, you know, jinxing each other when they're saying the same thing because right. they're both on the phone getting the exact same yeah. information. I right. just think it's hilarious. I love to the topper at the very end of that you know they both hang up and they sit there and they're just like please don't make me go out there ever again and he's just like I promise you'll never have to go out there ever again and without seeing a proposal and all this bullshit that you know whatever goes into these films you get right then and there that they're probably going to last a really long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think what they did really well in this film too is they compressed time yeah. so well throughout this. I mean, this is a lot of information, mm-hmm. a lot, you know, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of love happening and a lot and of history and a lot of history. Well, it's, it's yeah. what's always hard in films too, is how do you build, you know, a connection with a character that it feels like you've known them for more than just an hour or two. Right. And in this film, because you see them through so many critical times in their lives, you mm-hmm. feel like you've known them for the same length as the characters do in the film. Totally. Totally agree with Which you. Which makes you care for them more. And I think that's yeah, what because you're kind of really well. They're really, stumbling really well. upon each other at important moments in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. There was a there's an interesting uh commentary that Nora Ephron and um Rob Reiner. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My goddamn blockhead is what I keep wanting to say. Just call him that. Call him blockhead. blockhead. Good job, blockhead. Um, the, uh, they, they were talking about uh, people that, you know, like they see the film. You know, either you get people that feel like I'm in such in a Harry Sally situation right now mm-hmm. or, you know, yaddy, they want to share their stories with them or whatnot. But there's also people that are just like, you know, don't they talk about anything else other than relationships? Don't, you know, like these are, you know, professionals in New York City like you don't have any conversations about any work anything like that any insecurities right. between that you just talk about this this overall relationship and the joke that Rob Reiner always says was just like well of course of course they talk about that stuff I just wasn't rolling the camera <laughs> you know <laughs> <That> was, uh, <laughs> which is that. great and it was really interesting eye-opening to me as a writer and a filmmaker right mm-hmm. because when you're writing a story you know when you do your first vomit dress you just want to write everything as just best get as it you out there. just get it out there I started the screenplay and I think I've restarted like three different times because the opening just didn't feel right, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, when I lit, heard this, I was like, you know what, man? I'm just going to come at it, just like let this moment breathe within these mm-hmm. characters. I don't need to write all, you know, this happened, these, all the all, downtime. All the, nah, right. you don't need any of that shit. It's a film. Get to the meat well, of what it's about like right away. Too, you know? it's, it starts late and it ends early. 
that's like the biggest, yep. <laughs> you know, when you're writing, that's like the biggest trick in the book, right? Yep. Get in early, leave, uh, no, get in late, leave early as fast as you possibly can. Get to the meat of the information because the story was about relationships. It wasn't about their jobs. No. That, who gives yeah, a fuck? Who cares? You know what I mean? Who gives a fuck you about their job? You can tell about their job based on how they dress and where yeah. they live yeah. and what they do. You infer you know, right exactly, away, right? Exactly. It's subliminal, which mm-hmm. I think is The movie great. isn't about the who, so who gives a shit? Right. Totally. And that's the thing that I love the most about kind of what Nora Ephron does within her writing. You know, mm-hmm. you know, she she she's a you know, she's a classy gal. Let's just be honest. You know, a lot of her movies, you know, you've got mail, things like that. Like she's a classy gal, you know, she she lives upscale New York, that type of thing. Fine, fuck it. Write your movies in the places that you know. You know what I mean? Totally cool. A guy like myself, if I write a movie like that, it's gonna be, you know, at a place like where we're at right now inside of a garage or whatever because that's what i honestly know but the the difference is this same exact story could happen anywhere anywhere any place any religion any part of the world this story could fucking happen you know what i mean they could be two gay guys in this story can be the same exact thing it could be anything two harry's i wonder how that would work that'd be interesting i don't know or two sally's yeah Yeah. Hmm. remaking it for a new generation i don't know it'd be kind of an interesting perspective right because guys are all different well they're all different but also technically quote unquote think the same so I wonder how you know but do two, they <laughs> right but do they if I paint yeah. in a broad stroke sure. you know imagining that you know men think like men and women think like women right how would that you know work out for the progression of their characters that sounds like an interesting I'd watch a movie like that let's now, copyright this right now now, yes. know, right? <laughs> now I guess my question is you we'll know, write you, it <laughs> you do have the, the the male and female point of view but did you really get I for me watching it, I didn't necessarily get the female view as a whole or the male view as a whole. I got those specific people. Mm. You know, there you can make the argument that it's, you know, gender versus gender or like their perspectives, but I didn't really see that. I, I saw that very have, specific people. You would have gotten specific people, I think, if it, would have, if it would have been like just in college or just right after graduation. But I feel because you see them throughout their career, there is you know, there are implied evolutions and changes in their character that it gives you a sense of seeing more than just one person. Hmm. Does that make sense? So it yeah. does. But what did you see when it comes to like women in general well, or at men least, in general? Well, I think at least for me, you know, you have Meg Ryan's character that they 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 took tropes of. You know, be honest with you, these are these are insecurities that seem to be the most common. You know, between people. So depending on your insecurity Which or is whatever. What? I want to like identify these specific. Well, you have you have commitment issue. Yep. With right? a guy. With a guy, very clearly, right? And then finally, a guy lets his guard down, fully commits to something, and then, but doesn't. He's still half in, half out in a relationship. Which is why Whether she we see it or not, back, which it was is because of him. Exactly. So then you have a guy that thinks he's giving his all to a relationship, and ultimately to be completely heartbroken, to know, to feel by the very middle of this film that he gave everything to a relationship, whether he knows it or not. Mm-hmm. To ultimately have his heart broken, so maybe love doesn't exist anymore, right. right? And then you have a woman who is very structured, very understanding of what she wants and how she wants it and when she wants it, only to realize that that's not going to get her a man that she needs. And don't forget, you have all the interviews in between that are mm-hmm. also new perspectives and new couples. And you have um, uh, Carrie Fisher and Bruno's character, who also are another perspective. They're almost, I feel like they're almost a mirror image of Harry and Sally in the sense where if they would have seen right away that something clicked, yeah. they would have gone for it. Because that, that scene in the restaurant where mm-hmm. she's, you know, quotes his writing, uh-huh. he's like, oh my God, like you've. You I wrote know. that. Yeah. <laughs> and they click, they see it, and Harry and Sally see it too, because they're like, oh shit, they're going to get together. Yeah. And then the following scene, boom, they run in the 
cab and that's it. They know that this is it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like Harry and Sally had many moments earlier on where they could have noticed this as well, but they chose to ignore it. Right, because they didn't want to ruin the friendship that they had. Because mm-hmm. they knew as soon as... Or again, the rivalry. It almost feels like siblings trying to one-up each other, like a pissing contest. Yeah. In a way. In a way, yeah, I could see that. I mean, It's I like, think I'm the, not going to cave first. Right. You know? <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, that opens... Yeah, that's that right sure. away in the very beginning of this fucking story. Yeah. You know, that's why you know that they... They're meant to be to, with each other right out of the gate, you know. Um, within that, you have this—you have this beautiful moment between them two sitting at that at that spot, just like fuck. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. man, because they they want to so bad. Yeah. And I think what Rob Reiner does really well throughout this story is we get a very clear idea that they want to so bad, but they've been hurt so many times over and over again that they don't want to lose this relationship, right. that that friendship, you know? Right. Yeah, because it actually starts to matter. Sex is always right. going to ruin a relationship like yeah. this, you know? Yeah. And at the end, and, you know, my, my question for you guys is, is it true? Like, is it true that a guy cannot have a girlfriend that he, like a girl that's a friend that he's attracted to? It is not true. Most of my um, closest friends are female and have been for a long time. And, and you don't want to bang any of them? Nope. Me you too. never masturbated to them once? Nope. No, because it almost feels... Interesting. I think when you get close to a female friend, it, uh, she almost becomes almost like a sister, I feel, personally for me at least, sure, in sure. the sense where if you know you don't want to be with her or you already have another relationship, then I feel she becomes like... It's almost like someone you can open up to and yeah. not feel weak in front of your guy friends. Well, mm. and it, exactly. And it can make That's you That's such a stupid thing to say though. <laughs> Thank you very much. Not, well, no, 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 just no, 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 not you. you have just to understand. being oh. vulnerable in front of your guy friends. But you have like, to understand with that. It's, it's the male ego. Yeah. It's the male ego. I hate ego. that well, shit. But though, see with, man. It, he hates it. Jonesy hates it because <laughs> he is a super open, super like I am what I am. This is what I am. Either love yeah, me or don't. Don't waste my time. But most guys have that whole like I don't want to that's why we gotta stay strong in front of ladies I don't give a fuck man like to be honest with you I will tell you I'll tell you everything I'll tell you my insecurity I'll tell you my backstory I have no fear in doing any of that but they've actually done like behavioral studies and they show that one of the things men do to not show weakness even at a moment of weakness is when they hug another man they hit them so like no. you'll see the hug it's where it's like, like yeah. bam 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 like yeah. hitting their backs is because that shows a little bit of like, like we're not hugging we're just yeah. you know, yeah. no it no out. no we're growing <laughs> we're we're hugging it out bitch is yeah. what we're doing we're not actually sharing a genuine moment but yeah. there's been behavioral studies where the majority of men have this now I mean I I, I feel it's safe to say that the three of us probably are more open yeah. with other people <laughs> I kissed others, you when you came but, in today <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know what I mean I like what you do with your tongue I'm happy for your wife but <laughs> anyway uh, she's happy too. <laughs> uh, but but no, that's a that's an absolute thing. And also, the benefits of having platonic female friends is you can become a better man because yes. you know guys are gonna be like, no, dude, that chick was fucking psycho. Yeah, I've had some female friends where I'm like, am I overreacting to this, you know, post or this text or whatever? And they're like, dude, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why you're freaking out. I think you're right. overreacting. Yep. And it's like, it can really enrich your life. And I mean, I've. Throughout it's my life, I've had yeah, it's, a, it's, I, it's yeah. literally understanding or getting a sense of the opposite sex. Right. Without I genuinely sex, and yeah. I know there's nice, and I know there's guys who say men can't be friends with women, but I really, I'll, the guys who say that, I'm like, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's just because you can't doesn't mean that can't men happen. can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a fine line, though. I feel. It, it, I it, don't think so. I, it depends I honestly on the place do, you come though. from. I think it depends on where you come from. Yeah, I really think it depends on a lot of factors. But I, I mean, I have a, I've had many female friends. So, are you attracted to any of those female friends? I mean, I think they're good looking, but I'm not. I've never wanted anything from them. I've so never been physically attracted. That is the operative 
term in this kind of uh, equation. The attraction? You have to, like, can you be friends with the female that, you're attracted that you are to. attracted to? But I feel like that's an argument of semantics because How you're so? attracted implies that you. You find her pretty or you want to get in her pants. You, right. Like, I mean, I guess yeah. it's semantics because you like, can, can you say be with the girl you want to fuck. Is that your question? That's, basically? I guess. I mean, but that's I'm, I'm just kind of asking the same question that this whole movie right. kind of right. plays into, which she kind of answers in the beginning in the car. Right. He says, even if she's ugly, I'd still want to fuck her because right. she's still a girl. Right. So that's a very like primal male. Yeah, right. Very much. Right. So, well, right. and it comes down to what you were yeah. saying too, no, which yeah. is it depends on the guy. Yeah. yeah. I don't think every, I don't think every guy can be just friends with right. a girl. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with women. You know, I mean, th- there's some women who can't be friends with a guy because of whatever. But there's also some, you know, women who like can't be friends with girls because right. they get annoyed with the whole cattiness. And right. I just really think it depends on the person, the sure. previous experience, maybe upbringing. You yeah. know, I'm sure has a lot the nature versus nurture type of. Argument and insecurity at the same time. And insecurity, insecurity that kind of plays out. Yeah, Yeah. daddy issues, daddy issues for sure. Whatever. The only downside is we don't have a female here to (laughs) to to play (laughs) the other end. But you know, I mean, the only thing we can talk about is from a male's perspective. You know, I find in in my opinion, I find if you are attracted to some, you know, a girl or whatever. What I mean, like. I'm a guy, so I'm attracted to all types of women. You know what I mean? And I'm married. You know, I never, you know, I won't cheat on my wife or anything like that by any means, you know, but women are beautiful. Sure. You know what they I mean? Are. And I, you know, I'd have They're the better looking sex. Yeah. You know, I'd have relationships with, with other women or whatever. Uh, one of my other writing partners, she's a girl, whatever, you know, and, and it is what it is. I do think, though, for, from being like, I think it'd be difficult for me if I was single, mm-hmm. if I was attracted to a girl. There's more temptation there. Exactly. There's more temptation. There's if she has a boyfriend, like that's complete shut off for me. I'm not one of those fucking right. You know, I've never been one of those. I don't see no ring. Yeah, dude. I hate those. I hate those guys. Shit. You know. Which Um, is I think also why maybe Sally plays hard to get in the beginning because she knows he's in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I wonder how she would have played it out knowing Mm -hmm. that he was single. single. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Would they have? Would she maybe have settled for a quick one night stand and then that would have been it? You know, I don't know. She would have played hard to get, but knowing I'm going to get him one day. I feel like. Maybe to that point, if there was something that were to happen, if he was single, it'd probably be like because I you're the only person in New York that I know. Mm-hmm. That line there like, implies yeah. that's our me, connection. That yeah, that and that's that would be like me. a bond that yeah. she you know would theoretically hope would keep them together. Possibly. Totally. Right. Yep. Yeah. She's like, well, that's sad because you're the only person I know in New York. But but bringing anyway, us anyway. back to college <laughs> also brings me to a question I want to ask you um, or something. So I feel like a lot of this movie, kind of the theme is how much of an impact uh, first impressions can make. Because mm-hmm. I feel like one of the biggest things keeping them apart was that first initial experience. Impression. Was that initial the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't yeah. great. That wasn't great. Especially when he started spitting before he rolled down the window. <laughs> that was but that, I mean, that, that, oh, that right there just shows his adolescence. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, totally. Right away. But, you know? but I just feel like they that whole first experience, that mm-hmm. drive totally but was a question, reason for though, the wall who started it because remember he's kissing his girlfriend and she breaks it up quickly with the, yeah. the honking yeah so who you know who cast the first stone in well this? they both i think first impressions for both of them yeah but i feel like gone easier at the beginning would he maybe have been more polite in the car sure i don't know we'll never know yeah. yeah nora should we ask nora yeah yeah um but rest in peace oh yeah. anyway <laughs> a moment of silence <laughs> for yeah Efron. for Efron. But I just I feel like that was, that was one a of quick the moment, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> we we had she it. She lives on through. Her we work. had it. Yeah. That moment will always live on. We'll live on. Yeah. Um, I do feel that that first experience together, that mm. first 
you know, overnight or whatever you want to call it, the drive. I feel like the that eight, the first eighteen hours, because there, <laughs> there was multiple times later on where it's like, oh, if that wouldn't have happened, maybe they would have gotten together, or maybe they yeah. would have realized, hey, this person might be something I'm into. But because because she was like, he says men can't be friends with women and mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and she like hangs all on this to stuff. His terms from the very beginning. Yeah, she even like, quotes him again down the line. She right. harbors that shit quite mm-hmm. a bit, and yeah. I think he does too. But he's more. He does bits so much, so you don't realize how much he, like, harbors of it. Right. I think it's inevitable that first impressions last, you know, can influence how things develop. Yeah, but influence I think, how someone sees every action. I, I think first impressions, depending on how the person preps for them, you know, like saying it's going to be a meeting, i got to be on my A game, or I don't care about this person, I'm just going to be who I am. I think regardless, the first impressions are are important where they give you the first sense of the person, and if you... I don't know if I'm making sense here. I'm just trying to figure out what what I want to say from my brain as I'm talking. (laughs) Um, I think inevitably first impressions give people an idea of who the person is without them knowing who the other person is. Mm -hmm. And so I think you can really truly be yourself when your guards are down. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas if you're prepared for something like I was saying, like a meeting, then I don't know if it's truly the genuine person that you would know, say, outside that meeting. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. 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 That was a long, long roundabout way of doing it. I am it. so sorry about this. No, it's <laughs> like it's like which self do you view as the true self? Correct, or as the true first impression self? Right. Because if if it's a surprise first impression, then it's it's bound to probably be the truer you. But yeah. if you prep yourself for this first impression, then is it really you? And right. then does it count as a first impression? Got it. That makes sense. And what yeah. caused, you know. What caused the persona to be that way the first time you meet somebody? Right. So, like with right. with him, mm-hmm. it really very well could have been her Pissing him cock off. blocking yeah. by beeping yep. when he's making out with his girlfriend. Yep. Right. You know, and then if that, that was me, I'd be like, this dumb bitch. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the hell's the matter with cab. you? I would have literally <laughs> told her, I'm like, give me fucking five minutes, lady. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know? That's true, he, though. Because he wasn't as snippy as he is later on in the film at that point. Right. So I, I because we come in late, we don't know if that was his college persona exactly. or if that was just him being like this bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm gonna maybe. give her a hard time, and maybe like, she liked that, and she's like, I'm gonna give him a hard time. And yeah. giving the hard time eventually led to them being like, Hey, we have so many similarities about giving each other a hard time that maybe we can give each other a good time, and yeah. a good time led to literally a good time. Yeah, a good time. I mean, all in all, man, I I think it goes back to semantics, like you were saying about other things too. I think I think love or relationships in general are they're such they're such a hard thing to grasp or put in a box because there is no <laughs> there's box. There's no box. There yeah. is no box. There are well, many boxes, but there's no well, one box. Yeah. No, and she makes a good point about it, right? Like she says, like, I don't know. Right. I don't know how any of this shit works, right? Like when he goes in nobody at the, does. You no. know, when she goes when he goes in at New Year's at the very end of this film mm-hmm. and she's just like, I don't know how this is supposed to go, but I know that this is how I don't want it to go. Right. Right. And that's the only thing that you can honestly do, right? You weed out you, what you don't want what you don't and want, eventually and you're left with what Yep. What's what's left, you know, right. and hopefully that other person on the other end is that thing that you need the most, right? And they're willing to feel that same exact thing with you. But what's funny, I guess, in this scenario is she was trying to weed him out, but he always come back. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. It's actually kind of funny. And she'd always let him back. Too. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is kind of funny. I read a I read an article today talking uh, J.J. Abrams, and one of the things that J.J. Abrams said was that I try to kill ideas, and the ones that keep coming back around are the ones that I keep, mm-hmm. right? And I think in some weird way, that's kind of what she's doing. Yeah. She's she's keep 
she pushes everybody out of the way, and the one that just stays there consistently is the one that round two. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. That's the <laughs> Come one back that next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And that's the one that she needs to be with. But right. then when you have that armor, right from the very beginning of the movie, she put her armor on thick mm-hmm. right out of the gate. She's wearing it. She yeah. can't see how closed up she is. I mean, the art direction and the costuming yep. for this was very well done within that. And the more and more we got to see her, the more she shed. Right. Yep. In a very subtle type of way, but the the less heavier those clothes really became. Yeah. Very true. Her hair kind of slimmed down and right? got you more how... wild too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then you you yeah. see yeah, you see this visual yeah. with them, yeah. right? Where on the flip side, he tightened up. Yeah. Right. Yes. He's wearing more layers. He's wearing more clothes. I think they literally the became thing. the yin and the yang. I think yeah. he started off black and she <laughs> right. was white, and they and both kind of switched to each other's color. Exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. It's just, it's an interesting way of looking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ta da. Um, But at the same time, I love that, you know, she has this armor on so intently that. She she finally let her guard down, and he he basically kind of smacked her in the face with it. Yeah. So of course, what is she gonna do? She's gonna she's gonna bolt the shit out of that thing mm-hmm. up. You know what I mean? So of course, she's gonna be that closed off by the very end of it. So now he needs to figure out like, fuck, I really fucked this one up. Right. You know, and you see him doing that. You see him realizing how bad he fucked it up. Ultimately, to get the girl by the very end of this thing. Yeah. You know, which I think works really really well. In my opinion, I yeah. would agree. So. I guess in my for me looking at this movie most definitely deserves to be on the top from when it comes down Pun to Pun intended? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well played. Well played. Well played. Yeah. Um, you know for for the AFI, you know, the AFI list. I mean, there's not many rom-coms that are up there. I mean, there's obviously Annie Hall that's mm-hmm. up there. There's uh, you know, how when Harry met Sally but I don't. How many more rom coms are actually on this thing? Ten. Mm-hmm. There's ten total. <laughs> well, good. Then I'm excited to watch more of them because <laughs> I'm curious to see how they all kind of you know play out. Because mm-hmm. it's great. And to be honest with you, this whole discussion um, I've completed on a 180, and I'm like, no, you're right. It needs to be on there. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. what was it for yeah, you that changed that conversation? That that thought. Uh, so I think initially what threw me off is just my bias towards rom-coms. Sure. I mean, mm. just, it's just not, all movies have a formula, all, right. or all genres have a formula. What's your aversion to rom-coms, though? This. Um, like the sappiness? No, I don't know. So it's, rom-coms to me, it's like the whole boy meets girl, mm-hmm. boy gets girl at the end, or not, but it's like, it's about the relationship with, uh, humorous elements to it. It's Do you not just so, not believe it? N- I don't know. It's just not a formula that I necessarily gravitate towards. Mm. Um, and in the past, maybe I have a bias because of my past like relationship experience. That was my that like, was my curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know? Possibly, yeah, possibly. But and I then, fell in like, love at a very young like, jaded, age. Like you, you don't feel like it could happen this way in real life, and so you don't want to like spend money to go watch a movie where it's like, of course, it happens that way in the movies. Yeah. I don't know. I think in the past, I've always felt uh, like um, rom coms oversimplified this or mm. or made love be more like i think this is the genre where i use the phrase like hollywood bullshit like uh-huh. hollywood being fake and formulaic i mean i that's how i was i think when it depends it on the romantic that. comedy yeah i don't think you can put sure. them all on that because it's like you're saying every horror movie is cheesy it's like well some of them clearly are but some are also very smart right. and it's how people utilize the formula is mm-hmm. what makes a movie good and maybe i've seen too many of the Horrible rom-coms, maybe it's because of my bias, maybe because I 
in the past haven't believed like this kind of love can exist mm. right. because of me. Sure. I mean, definitely lately I've been coming around on that, yeah. but mm-hmm. in the past it's like, mm, that's stupid. Or like love songs. I'm like, fuck you. Like <laughs> quit, quit, like quit pandering to the tween angsty girl, you asshole. Uh, but once again, yeah. once again, that's my bias. Yeah. I am admitting that that's on me. I'm not even saying that that's how it is. Yeah, Cause that's for sure my bias. But like I said, recently, kind of coming around and all that where I'm like mm, there might be truth to all that shit. It's because you're coming out of that hole, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe I've seen the light. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so like with movies, especially like When Harry Met Sally, I feel like there there's inevitable truth in it because of how the story was created. It was created based on real people. You know, the director put in his notes, Nora Ephraim put in her notes, the actors brought in their notes, the interviews connecting the whole film were from real people with real stories. So I think inevitably... It felt real. Yeah, it felt very yeah, authentic. Yeah, almost like a documentary, well, yeah, like a, it, like a like mm-hmm. a like a reenactment of a documentary. Yeah, yeah. like a feel. Well, I mean, we got to live in the moment, and maybe part of why initially I didn't think this needed to be in it is maybe because this is the first time I've seen it, yeah. and because the filmmaking was so underscored mm-hmm. and to the point where it was very subtle, very whatever. I feel like until we had this discussion mm-hmm. where we could talk about all the elements and all the thoughts that went into it and all the you know reality to it, it was it's so easy. I'm I'm surprised. Well, I don't know. It's my own bias, but part of me is surprised it was so successful from the beginning because it's such a subtle, quiet film that you really do have to think and yeah. have to really get into and overthink it to be like, wow, there was all these layers to it as we're discussing right now. I right. mean, I'm used to watching films like that, but too. most people aren't. Right. Yeah. You know, and you do have to be patient. Yeah. 100%. Just like a relationship. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it is so real because you That's think about point. it and it's like, how many, how many people have. Have you missed chances because mm-hmm. you were stuck in your own head, right? And you didn't realize they were giving you a signal, or there was a little bit something extra in what they said right. that meant more, and not mm-hmm. even just romantic, but just in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like how many other cues have you missed because you're so in your own world? Right. Yeah. Makes so sense. and that's so yeah. So I've totally turned around, you guys. Interesting. Yay. Well, good. You did it. It's kind of funny too to talk on that end because I mean all the bullshit that you've kind of gone through within relationships, right? Me, I fell in love at fifteen. Yeah, you wow. know, and yeah. I married my wife. wife. You married? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I married my wife. Uh, he hit the hit the ballpark right. At the I beginning. really did. I That's got lucky. Amazing. So the universe is like, let's long? put these soulmates in the same school. <laughs> <laughs> let's, yeah, literally. How long were you guys together before you got married? Uh, twelve years, thirteen years. And then you tied the knot. And then we tied the wow. knot. Well, because you got to remember, like, we were together at fifteen. 15, 16, like around that cusp, mm-hmm. right? And then we went through high school, and then we went to college. You know, we got our doctorates and our masters, and then we were, okay, well, now we're real adults. So, you know, we've, been, we've lived with each other for like the last, like, 10 years before we even got married. So it was just one of those things where it was just like, we knew that we were going to get married. It's just when was the right time where we were going to have money and mm-hmm. do all of it that way. Um, but to the point, though, is... I love romantic comedies from a very young age because, you know, my parents you lived it because exactly yeah. like, like I believe in it, you know, mm-hmm. cause I've lived it and I get to see it and, you know, and you know, the, the type of stories that I'm writing right now are a lot about young love and keeping that love more than anything else. I feel like we don't see a lot of those types of stories happening. Right. Um, we, we see, see people get together get, and then it's over. Right. But we don't get to see much of the stories about what keeps them together right. over long periods of time. Right. right? So for me, or if we see these stories, it usually ends up, it, you know, bad. Right. 
right? They're getting yeah. divorced at the very mm-hmm. end of it. You know, two people can't see, but like there's a there's a hiccup that happens. And I feel what what this movie does really well is maybe they're not together, but they're together, and you yeah. see the hiccups and the in betweens that are happening because both of those people are working at this relationship. You know, right. and every day, you know, they're choosing yeah. each other mid in the middle. You know, the second act of this movie, yep. whether they're just friends at the same time, but you can sense that, and I think that's something that a lot of films do not really talk about mm-hmm. very very intently. You well, know? I feel I feel like we watch this movie by just cutting together all their reaction shots and still get the exact same story. Oh, 100%. Because totally. there's so much yeah. in her eyes and in his eyes that say what they actually want to say or right. what they're what they're implying that mm-hmm. you could just you can see yeah. past yeah. the bullshit walls yes. that they're saying yes. yeah. it's just like yes. mm, but do you really think that because yep. yeah. yep. I say nope exactly <laughs> at every big moment in the film right. you have these looks between mm-hmm. the two of them that oh, say exactly yeah. what they actually want to say well, and you're like guys it's right in front of you yeah. why can't you see like you said which because I even think afraid. about the Carrie Fisher couple yeah. where it's like that's us yeah. yeah, where that's the audience yeah. we're seeing this through their eyes mm-hmm. where it's like no shit. And the phone Get call, together. I'm like, that's totally the audience being like, they finally, they finally yeah. did, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. This well, is it. <laughs> to your to to your point, the very, very end of this movie, what does she tell him? She tells him, I hate you, Harry. Mm-hmm. I hate you, and I hate you, and I hate you. All she's telling him underneath that sub, uh, uh, the subtext underneath that line is, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yep. And that is such a beautiful thing. Because, because her hate is her being completely vulnerable and realizing and he truthful. is the one. Exactly. So yeah. true. That's her being herself, uh-huh. which yeah. she wasn't in the car. Because, exactly. and like kind of to the point that you both of you said, is like she is so used to being in control and mm-hmm. she's her Not. emotions aren't with him. Yeah. And right. that, fucking has to piss her off. Well, and that's the interesting you know, that's like, the interesting thing too, right? Because when he can't be, build these walls fast enough to keep out those goddamn Mongolians. Right. And the keep beauty, tearing down my shitty wall. <laughs> and the beautiful thing about Billy Crystal's character, especially when he sees his wife for the first time and he goes to their, you know, his friends that are, you know, talking about this shitty wagon wheel coffee <laughs> table or whatever. Right? You know, he 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 jumps out and he's Billy Crystal is a guy that puts his emotions on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like he wears it so, yeah. you know, you so right through his so eyes. yeah, so much, right? And he gets angry at her for like, aren't you? You know, where's your emotions? Where's your this? Where's your right. that? And by the very end of the movie, we finally get to see her yeah, break awesome. down. And I was just like, yes, that's fucking awesome. And we right. earned that as an audience really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point with the subtext that's happening underneath all of that, I think that moment illustrates what you're talking about so well. You know. Now, one thing I I will say, kind of going back to maybe why structurally I'm not a fan of rom-coms, not even just the theoretical side of it or like the philosophical (laughs) side, is to me, rom-coms are like um, a a detective mystery TV show where, think about it, where it's like Murder, She Wrote, Matlock, all that stuff where it's like, it's an episode where you know who the murderer is, but the story is about how like the protagonist they, yeah. finds That's out and everything. I can see your point, but I think it depends on the cast. Well, cause... so but my point with the rom-coms though mm-hmm. is it's like you know these two main characters, the top bill yeah. people will get together. Yeah. yeah. But what makes it a good movie versus bad movie is like how how do they earn that? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I guess maybe I've seen a bunch where it's like I don't feel like they've earned it. Or they just got there because you were supposed to. Yeah. You know, versus this which is like a good one, mm-hmm. good like murder mystery, <laughs> where it's like, oh shit, that's how they figured it out. Like right. that's Columbo right have there. Have you seen Blue Valentine? I have. Yeah, I think they did a good job in totally. that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, juxtaposing the 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 fall of a relationship and the tumultuousness of a relationship mm-hmm. with the the beginning love of a relationship. When I watch that movie, and I can depending on how you absorb this type of contact 
content. I wanted them back together, yeah. personally. Well, that's kind of how it was about, uh, was it called The Breakup with Vince Vaughn and yeah. Jennifer Aniston? Uh, yes, I think yes. that's one of the that's better... That's how I wanted it, too. Yeah, that's one exactly. of the better rom-coms I've seen. Well, and then there's another one, too, which I feel is similar to the Harry and Sally di- dynamic, which is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, uh, yeah. where, you know, Kate Hudson's character tries so hard to, you know, lose right. Matt McConaughey that by pushing themselves apart, they realize that they actually made for each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's I, maybe there's just been so many that just I'm like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. That maybe that put also a bitter taste in my mouth. But the beautiful thing, same thing with action movies, same thing. I mean, those are the same formula. It's like you know they're going to succeed. It's about right. how they get to it. That's the interesting thing. Sure. And the shitty ones are just like, all right, they just succeeded because they were supposed to. Right. You know, and um, this or it's I, just sex. Yeah, and this I thought was just sex beautiful. solves everything. Oh. Blech. <laughs> yeah. Just most things, not everything. Let's not put everything. two top build actors and out of bed. Yeah, exactly. Thank Please. you, Mila Kunis, and just you know. But yeah, that was a funny film, though. Yeah, it was good. It was yeah. it was decent. Not a pop culture yeah. reference. And there's mm-hmm. there's good ones. Like I liked the first couple times I saw it was Just Married. I thought that was mm-hmm. a good rom com. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. Well, some of my favorite rom coms, man. I mean, like Spanglish. Spanglish is fucking beautifully done. Never seen it. Oh my god! I'll let you borrow it. You're welcome, by the way. Um, <laughs> beautifully done. Written by James L. Brooks, which did um, what was it uh, with uh, Nicholas? Uh, god damn it, Jack Nicholson with the puppy. Come on, guys. Oh, as good as it gets. Oh, as good as it yes, gets. I love yes. that one. That's so a he wrote, great he wrote rom-com. as good as it gets. And Helen so Hunt. Yeah. It's a great rom-com. I love um, it. And he wrote for The Simpsons, which is really funny. So. <laughs> yeah. I used to listen to a podcast with him recently. Yeah, so James L. Brooks is Spanglish. One of my, that was the film for me that, like, for whatever reason, really made me see film, you know, because I love stories like that. You know, I grew up in a Mexican household and, you know, I just got it, you know, and it felt very comforting to me to see that film. And then I fell into watching like Nancy Meyer films. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what women want was hilarious, right? You know, it's a romantic comedy from a male's perspective for the first time. You can hear women's thoughts. You can hear women's (sighs) thoughts, man. And, you know, you get this, this chauvinistic fucking guy Mm -hmm. that works in selling basically sex. You know what I mean? That's what his business is. And then he learns the other way around coming at it from a more intimate perspective right um then you get stuff like nora efron's you've got mail Mm -hmm. you know which which plays really well did she do sleepless in seattle was that her she did yeah sleepless and meg ryan was i love ryan and she was in all three of those um meg ryan is like nora efron's like (laughs) that's her (laughs) yeah 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 meg ryan is nora efron on the screen (laughs) like in some but i mean meg ryan it makes sense she's kind of the every woman you know she is attainable beautiful she's not she doesn't you know, back then didn't seem superficial. No, she yeah. was great, man. And, you know, she just very... I had very a huge relatable. crush on her growing up, watching mm-hmm. all those romantic comedies. She was adorable. She was. You know? So, uh, for me, just kind of following the track record of the, a lot of those things, my curiosity is, like, I want to watch older rom-coms. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, from the, you know, the 60s and 70s and further, further back, you know, to kind of inform some of these rom-coms that are yeah. here today, you know? Like so. Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a different rom com. <laughs> that's, sure that's a was. different yeah. type of love. That was a kind of forbidden love that's yeah. illegal in most days. It's yeah, like but very touching at the same time. <laughs> you know? Very bad touching. Very. Well, I guess it depends on what state you're in. <laughs> not, not my yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of these rom coms, and I fucking I loved this film, man. It, you know, very few times I really get to watch a good good film these mm-hmm. days that I go at it and be like i got the feels yeah right. and yeah me and my wife were just so enamored by the feels by the end of this film well, it reminds you of the subtle and i know you don't 
quite believe in it, but it, it reminds me of the subtle magic of love. Right. I mean, I'm coming around to that, guys. <laughs> I'm admitting that that has there's been a platon or platonic. Uh, what's it called? Tetonic shift. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Earthquakes. Yes. Ah. Come on. Come on, that man. More the fucking Richter scale. That's tectonic like, shift. Yeah. Tectonic. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Not platonic shift. That and doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> A, a titanic shift. A titanic, a titanic shift. shift. Which kind of makes sense because there's a lot underneath the surface. Right. So that kind of works. Always use the tip. It's kind of like... <laughs> yeah, you, just the tip. Yeah. I'm coming around, guys. Just the tip, though. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Iceberg right ahead. I was thinking some other tip. Sorry. <laughs> you guys I are... I think we all are. Ta-da. We all are. Uh, so one of the um, actors that was offered the role and turned it down was Albert Brooks. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting and also very glad he didn't do it. That, it would have been much more whiny. I super think. whiny. Yeah. Super neurotic. I like Albert Brooks, but I, he only works for me in certain very specific uh, Only in his own films. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like and I've seen Albert... Nemo, but that's because it was him. Because, yeah. It was literally wrote for him. Well, what's really interesting about <laughs> Albert Brooks is that I just... Um, I watched This is 40... And he plays the dad yeah. in yep. in that film, and I was like, you know, I saw Drive <laughs> too. He plays, you know, he plays kind of the bad guy in Drive, and I was just like, who the fuck is this, you know, this guy? So then I kind of did my homework and I started watching some of his earlier. And now Ram- Netflix Ram- has all of his directed. exactly, and I just kind of went down the rabbit hole. I was like, okay, I see why this guy was good at what he was doing back then, right. you know. But he knew how to dude. write for himself. Yeah, totally. And anything that I've seen him in outside of his own writing, I'm like, eh, I don't and know. And there's a lot of movies that he turned down that ended up being really big, and I'm so glad. I think big was one of them mm-hmm. really and yeah there's there's a bunch of movies that he turned down that were like mega hits That's but it's like thinking about the people who ended Which up getting them it's like Reiner thank god no Big? uh no barry zonfeld yeah. um dp'd it mm. yeah which is now a director now too Sorry. that's cool mixing up the crew yeah <laughs> no. you're good um but yeah i don't think I don't, and molly ringwald good. was up for this part but she couldn't do it but she no. did do the london stage version of this oh mm. uh, so i thought that was interesting oh huh. Uh, I think Elizabeth Shue was pursued for this. Meg Ryan actually really Wasn't campaigned Julia hard Roberts for this. Wasn't Julia Roberts pursued for this as well? I, don't, I didn't read that. Maybe. I didn't I didn't see that name, but I know Elizabeth Shue and Molly Ringwald were mm. in the running. I don't see any other girl nope. other than nope. Meg Ryan playing yeah. something like this. I mean, they they maybe have brought in somebody else it other been than a Billy take. Crystal, it but I think, it been, I think they casted it really, really well because yeah. Meg Ryan plays the neuroses really well. Mm-hmm. And they're like the, the, the neurotic type of character, the same way Nora Ephron is. If you ever she watch interviews, in so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And then Billy Crystal plays, you know, plays Rob Reiner extremely well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think they... Just like the best Woody Allen film stars people who do a great Woody Allen impression, yes. he did a great Rob Reiner impression. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah. The irony is Woody Allen plays Woody Allen, so... It's yeah. Just... yeah. <laughs> well, but in the later films. Right, right. Um, like Owen Wilson. Like and Owen Shane. Wilson and all those guys in the yeah. older ones. Yeah, I got you. I see what you're Or the out. more recent, I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean, motherfucker. You got this. Yeah, <laughs> I got you, dog. So, I mean, does it deserve to stay on the list, then? I'd say yeah. yes, no. Yeah. Sweet. I came around. I came around. Very rarely we ever get to get him. <laughs> very, to, rarely. very rarely. Very rarely. I will admit around, when I'm wrong. Know? I yeah. have no problem admitting the one percent time that I'm wrong. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> the one time. I'm that wrong. point one zero one percent. All I'm saying time. is mark this in your calendars because this is not going to happen again until oh, like man. the next what Haley's comet comes yeah, around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one more thing awesome. I wanted to really mention yeah. uh, really quick because I loved uh, the subtlety of that too is the song that's playing when they're driving to New York. Oh, I love Harry Connick Junior's score. Potato and everything. Like it's it almost 
kind of, you know, foreshadows them always contradicting each other or having two different right. opinions of yeah. saying the same thing. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Thank I you, like Harry that. Connick Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he, I think this is his first time he scored a movie, and I thought he did a great yeah. job. It was yeah. perfect. Yeah, he His sound a... is perfect for this film. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Yep, yep, yep. I'm a fan of Harry Connick Jr. I am too. I'm not a big fan yeah. of his acting. No, per se. Nobody but is. I do like but his, his, his musician. Yeah. He's wonderful. Yeah, and his his persona that he his public persona is pretty great too. And very fitting, yeah, I think, for fine. the for I think the, it's just him. The look yeah. of it too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. A guide. Awesome. All right, we did it, you guys. Fuck yeah. So let's um you've listened to podcasts so you kinda know the end stuff coming up. Yes. So Jonesy, what's, what's making, making you hard, hard this week? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I've been binge watching Broad City, and I like the show, man. I think it's fucking hilarious. Um, I got it recommended like the last week. I binge watched all the girls. This week, I've been watching Broad City. Uh, my new writing You're just par- into dames. Well, it's just funny because like my new writing partner, you know, we're working on a new show right now, and it's just you know we wanted to kind of take some influences from these things, and mm-hmm. you know, she was like, just watch a couple of these episodes or whatever, and I was like, all right, cool. And I watched the first two episodes, and I was like, this shit's really, really funny. You know, they're they're very very witty girls, and it's in veins of girls that you would never see. Mm-hmm. You know, like in some weird way, like these girls remind me so much of my wife they're very stripped um, down they in both w- sense of the term yeah seriously and it's wonderful actually mm-hmm. it's absolutely great and the the bullshit that they get into is hilarious you know um it's a very uh, it's a very millennial type of show yeah. which which i think works but that's really, cool really, yeah totally man you know like the uh you know they don't make it you know gay straight fluid whatever you know it's all just kind of there and it, it is what it, it is and it yep. is what it is and it's so wonderfully crafted you know because i feel like sometimes you watch that type of shit and it's just like hey they're gay Right. You know what or I mean? They yeah. try too, they hard. Try yeah. too yeah. hard. Exactly. Yeah. This is just they're just like there. that character on Cammy. Yeah. Just is, which is life. Yes, yeah. and I loved that. So you know, and obviously the jokes and all that shit are just super funny. So I binge watching. I'm in like halfway of the second season over the last week. So, wow. um, yeah, I know I'm I'm behind. You know, it came out in 2013 or 14 or mm-hmm. something like that. So I'm a couple of years behind. But I think their last season is coming up. I think this is going to be their final season. I think I so. Don't quote me on it. But I th- I heard that that's what they're doing with girls. I know they're yeah, going to do yeah. one more season yeah. and then it's done. But um, That's because Lena wants to do a lot of other stuff. Well, no mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Like, this is her life. You know, yeah. Just writing this show. That's all she's doing right yeah. now. So, good for her. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I love I loved Broad City. I'm kind of behind on all this stuff. There's just so much shit to watch. Yeah, that's you know? the thing. Like, I'm when so you're working and shows. doing all your yeah. own shit, it's just like... Where do I find the time to actually sit down and watch? Most Unless of this it's stuff? Netflix, I am seasons behind shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. If it's on there, I'm good because mm-hmm. then I'll, you know, that's what I watch stuff on. But if right. it's not that, it's like I'll catch up someday. <laughs> I mean, I I'll just started out. a couple months ago. Watched uh, the first season of Brooklyn Nine Nine, mm. and it's, I heard it's hilarious. It's super funny, but it's yeah. like on season four. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just I never. It's I don't been on that long now. Huh? I think yeah. so. Yeah, Damn. yeah. Wow. Going by fast. Yeah, I know. Well, it's kind of scary. If you guys haven't seen Broad City, go check it out. Good title nicholas what's making you hard this week just tv shows or can it be anything any type type of entertainment well (laughs) any type of entertainment any type of entertainment uh no i actually i was just telling uh gary earlier i um i saw uh don't breathe Mm. last night i want to see what's that about it's a horror movie about uh, three teens that break into a blind man's house to rob his money whoa and uh it backfires big time because the blind guy is ex-military and he's got his shit figured out and it's the trailer gives 
a hint of what it's about, but there's like layers and layers more than what you think you know. And it's it's really well done. It's an hour and a half long, but it feels like a two and a half hour long movie because there's so much wow, information. That's cool. I think it's it's fast paced. You never get bored. My hands were sweating the entire way through. <laughs> uh, it's it's really well done. So the uh, director's second feature. The wh- first one he did. What did he do? He the first one he did was the remake of Evil Dead. Oh, um, oh which was really good actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought they did a great job with that. He did this one, and it's good it's for him. Really, really good. So what that, did he do before? A couple of shorts in yeah. Uruguay. Uruguay? Uruguay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of shorts that got some online attention. Wow. Uh, one, is, one of them is called Panic Attack, of like robots attacking Uruguay. Yeah. Um, and I think Kanye West shared that link on his page back then, and that's how he kind of got noticed. <laughs> wow. And then cool. things just trickle down from there. That's dope. But Don't Breathe, yeah, it's a horror film, horror thriller, but just so well done. And it's more violent than scary. Sure. Um, and what I do really well is the whole, you know, they, the whole preparation by contrast. So and it's more like a thriller. Yes, yes. It has, Which if you've seen better. Panic Those Room, it feels very most. similar to Panic Room. Ooh. The camera movements and how it ties everything together it's very panic room-esque nice yeah all right cool that sounds exciting it's really you have that kind of like cabin fever element to not the movie cabin fever mm-hmm. but just the fact that there's traps yes yeah. like it's oh, very yes. claustrophobic very i guess is a better so. yeah very, <laughs> very so. people under the stairs everything. yeah 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 that sounds interesting i want to mm-hmm. see this now what's it called don't breathe oh that's awesome there's a it's interesting because um I teach how to write for video games, mm. you know, and uh, we've been studying a handful of video games and my students just showed me this new game that's coming out and it's called uh, Perception. Uh, basically, the whole game is you play a blind a blind person. How does that work? Uh, it's really interesting, actually. They so, made that video game you have to in hit things and one you day. The, exactly. Like Daredevil? Yeah, basically, and then you get the reverberations. Oh, and then, interesting. Wow. The majority of the game is played in the dark, you know? So then, yeah, exactly. So when you're stepping, you hear little creaks and then you can... It's basically using Sonic. Wow. It's really creepy. I bet. I bet. Yeah, so I'm really excited to kind of see a game like that. But this game, this this uh, this movie kind of reminded me of something like mm. that. There's another one that was called Hush. Yes, on Netflix. On Netflix. So That's good. kind of within the same-ish so type of vein. Yes. I've heard mixed reviews, though. You're the first person that told me I they're really saying like, enjoyed it's really, really it. good. Oh, Don't Breathe or Hush? Hush. Oh, I actually, did you, you saw it. I haven't seen you it haven't. yet. Have I've just been recommended it. It was, uh, Bloomhouse made it. It's a very small uh, indie film, uh, from what I gather. And it's about this... Is she she's deaf and mute. Right. And she lives in this house in the woods and this neighboring creep just tortures her for fun and it's about her trying to survive. Yeah. And it's she thinks of everything and it's it's so simple and yet so captivating. Yeah, that's what I, I I've heard mixed reviews, but I've been recommended it. So I yeah. you know, I'll watch it it's at some Netflix. point. It's a Netflix. Yeah, might give it a well. shot. Yeah. Nice. It'll definitely it'll definitely be something entertaining. It won't be like you're stupid, you know. Movies that are in theaters at the moment sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely something worth checking out. All right. Cool, yeah. man. In my opinion. Yeah. Noah? What I'm enjoying is Bloodline Season 2. Oh. I don't know if you've seen this on Netflix. I have but not watched it it's yet. It's amazing. It's from the same uh, creators as Damages. Uh-huh. Mm. And uh, the first season, it's just it, t- it takes place in the Florida Keys. And it's this family where, like, the the black sheep of the family, the druggie, the, the troublemaker comes back to this seemingly just beautiful family like they own a hotel uh-huh. basically that's just gorgeous and he comes in and kind of throws a wrench in the whole thing and threatens to you know ruin everything but the thing is all the characters kind of have their own shit going on that's beneath the surface mm-hmm. and um it's just fascinating and like the the end of the season you're like holy shit how can they keep going mm-hmm. you know like the finality of how the 
how that first season ends, like, wow. But the second season, it just picks it, picks it up and it shows that there's just, that's like the beginning of the story. Huh. You know, there's more elements to it. And it's just, they're really good at writing twists um, and characters really well. I mean, in damages, you got to know everybody. The good guys, the bad guys, everybody. You understood everyone's point of view and why they weren't wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, which is mm-hmm. really important for, like, antagonists. As you right. want to... need to know their side of the story, too. Yeah, you need to know their side. And they need to be convincing where it's like, I can see why they would think that right. or why they would do that based on well, their Well, the saying is that every, you know, every antagonist is a hero in their own story. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and I'm trying to think of what actor. Oh, Alan Alda. Alan Alda was on uh, the Mark Maron podcast, and he played kind of a villainous character, or just a bad guy in something. And Mark's like, "How do you? How did you get there? Because that's not who you are." And he's like, "Well, I had to figure out why he wasn't wrong." Yeah, mm. that makes you sense. You know, and why you know he's what he's doing is what he believes is the right thing. And I think right. that's where the good storytelling happens, where it's like you totally understand. I get it. Like I don't at all agree with what he's doing, but I get why he would come to that conclusion. Mm. Totally. And it's a fantastic show. It's gorgeously shot. It's mm. the Florida Keys looks beautiful. It makes me want to go there so bad that I almost forget how miserable the humidity is. <laughs> 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 like that's how beautifully it's shot. Wow. It's phenomenal. You just go to San Diego. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the conclusion I came to. So Well, cool, man. Yeah, so that Sweet. is that. That's that. Let's do some plugs, All right. Jonesy. What um, plugs you got? I got my uh, web series screening over at the Long Beach Film Festival this week. I think we're screening on Thursday, so it'll Congrats. come out the day that it starts. Yeah, so it should be good. We got nominated for best short. I mean, uh, best web series. The so we'll see. We'll see if we win. Who knows? Uh, should be pretty fun. If you want to check that stuff out, timeoutseries.com. And uh, yeah. Sweet, Nick. Anything else? Oh, my short film, Elisa, is uh, screening at the Catalina Film Festival end of September. Oh, nice. that's so cool. Yep, on the, I think it's the 29th. Um, so I'll be going out there for that. Nice. Uh, it's pretty exciting. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of We uh, We can tweet out the link to that if people want to go check it out. Sure. So it's not online yet, but I can send you the trailer for it for sure. Well, sure. I mean, or oh, like just the event oh, the info where it's going to be. For the festival, But you can sure. do both. Yeah. We can, yeah, yeah, we can put out, both yeah. of those up Absolutely. there for you. For sure. Thank you, guys. That sounds like fun. I'll go, I'll go see that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like a I short t- t- it's a 10-minute drama. And it's fine. Yeah, I want to go. Sounds awesome. It'd be nice to go to Catalina and go catch a movie. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That sounds <laughs> good to me. Very cool. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. And for UFR, we have the... UFR ufrpodcast.com mm-hmm. on Twitter UFR podcast and now we have Instagram same we do thing have an Instagram we'll be putting a lot more pictures up there from present past and well not future um, <laughs> <laughs> and for and yeah for me you can follow me on Twitter at the Noah Kinsey same thing with Periscope because we do a pre-show before the recording that we do on Sundays mm-hmm. so do the around ish around 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time for the Periscope. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Noah Kinsey. And make sure for UFR Podcast, sign up for a giveaway. We're giving away stuff every single month. What are we it's giving away this cool. week? We're giving away the four seasons of Robot Chicken. Oh, that's yes. right. So, yeah. So make sure to sign up. Once you sign up, you're in it for all the drawings. So you can just sign up once. Um, sign up for life. Sign up for life. <laughs> but And go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. That helps us out tremendously for you to just nice to know if you guys like this shit exactly (laughs) we're loving the feedback we're getting a lot of good feedback on twitter yeah so keep that up that definitely helps uh infuse your notes and your comments and what you like what you don't like that definitely impacts the show to make it as good as we can possibly make it for you guys 
And that is it. Our next movie is going to be the Counterpoint episode. Nicholas, I'm not sure if you know this, but every 10th episode, you know, the normal show is we watch films considered the best ever made. Mm -hmm. Every 10th episode, we watch a film considered one of the worst ever made. And we discuss if that's fair. So we've had the number episode 10 was Showgirls. Mm -hmm. Episode 20 was Batman and Robin. (laughs) Phenomenal. Episode 30 was Jack and Jill. Amazing film. And mm. now episode 30. Or 30. <laughs> episode 30. Tutti Fruity. Episode 40 is Waterworld. Nice. Ooh. All right. So make sure to tune in next week for that. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show, Nicholas. Thanks for having me, guys. So it was so much fun. Anytime. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Thank it was you. very, very fun. And well, we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.